0: Hey, this is Cal. Support for Tilt Radio comes from Headlines Sportswear. From uniforms to spirit shops, Headlines has all your sports apparel needs. Visit them online at makeheadlines.us to find out more. And remember,
1: make headlines. Welcome to Tilt Radio. I'm your host, Jamie Foley, also known as Lax Pops. Sitting next to me is my co-host and producer, Cal Turnbull. Today, we're kicking off our Division I and Division II boys rankings. After that, we'll be joined by the head coach of that number one team. And stick around, we'll be joined by head coach of the Jacksonville Dolphins, John Galloway. Check the Tilt.
0: Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and follow our show if you like what we're doing. Tilt Radio is produced by Storm Sessions, creative audio solutions for creators like you.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Tilt Radio. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Jamie Foley, sitting next to my co host and producer, Cal Turnbull. What is up, Cal? What's up, Jamie? At last. Finally, doing a thing, man. We've been talking about it since last year. Then the COVID thing hit, and here we are, getting ready to kick off Tilt Radio podcast and our Division One and Two rankings. It's exciting. It's been a long time coming, and it's
0: pretty cool to start the show with some really strong guests, and hopefully not too many hot takes on these local rankings for Division One and Two boys lacrosse.
1: Absolutely, look, guys. We are here to to for the fans. We're here for the players, for boys and girls lacrosse in Southwest Ohio. The premise of our show is, look, we're a local flavor, but we're also going to give you a little bit of that regional and national flavor as well, as you'll see from our first episode here. So, we ready to rock and roll in these rankings here, Cal? I'm ready. Here we go. Kick us off.
0: Okay, Division Two, number 10, Turpin, Chaminade, Talawanda at 8, and Oakwood at 7. Jamie, tell me a little bit more about these guys.
1: So, look, Turpin, right? Turpin had a great senior class last year. That was really supposed to be a big year for them um all those guys graduated for the most part they got a new coach this year and kyle went but they got some young guns i mean the conklin kid Attackman Tali also as an attackman are both really good players um they've had some tough losses but you know they'll be okay coming in at number nine Shamanad, same thing it's a newer program um they also got some good wins with some young guys they got guys like mullins and sass and peyton ox they got a uh, senior and Jaden Mitchell, who's really good deep hole. He kind of plays all over the place. Number eight, Talawanda. Talawanda is an interesting team. Schedule isn't super tough, but they've scored a lot of goals in those games. Uh, they have a freshman named Sam Malinic who's going to be really, really good. So Talawanda, can you know, climb those rankings as well? Number seven, Oakwood, also a young team. They got guys like Trip Martindale, Max Parker. Oakwood is always pretty good. They got good wins over Chaminade. So, yeah, that's kind of where, you know, that 10 through 7 fall in right now.
0: Good stuff, good stuff. Okay, moving on. Seven Hills at 6, led by friend of the podcast, Frank Perverso. Bellbrook at 5. Fenwick coming in at 4. And at 3, CHCA.
1: So, as we said, our good friend Frank over there at Seven Hills his first year of coaching over there. Seven Hills has got a goalie named Blake Morse. That is an absolute stud. That kid can really, really play. He'll keep their goals down. They also got a pole, Gabe Doris, who's also a really, really good player. Um, he's only a junior, um, and he can ball. He he is a really good player. Uh, again, Coach Robasso will get those guys going, and Seven Hills will be just fine. Number five, Bellbrook, You know, team another team out of Dayton, along with Oakwood and and Chaminade. They have a guy, Alex Petry, who is an absolute freak athlete i think he plays three or four sports uh he's a really good lacrosse player hard to defend um he's the leader there for bellbrook number four fenwick look their coaching staff has been there a long time uh they play hard they're in that middle of the pack right now but look for those guys you know to again move their way up um they got some big games coming up that will help them there and number three, CHGA. CHGA is an interesting team, right? They have a ton of seniors. They have a really good coach and Coach Lynch. Uh, Shram at goalie is a stud. Brady at attack is a baller. They got a big middie, um, Zaxby, who's a big 6'3", 6'4", um, guy that's really good in the transition game. They've had a couple of tough losses here lately. Got beat up by Marymont a little bit. Um so, we'll see with CHJ. It's still, it's still out for them to see how good they can really be, but when you have that many seniors, you're always, always dangerous. So, that's where we're all with those next four. Here we go, Cal. One and two.
0: Okay, number two, Indian Hill High School.
1: So, Indian Hill. Look, Indian Hill has been to the regional final, I don't know how many times in the last five or six years. They are... Loaded a talent in the senior and junior class. But again, they have some guys that haven't played varsity because we lost the year last year. You know, that's that's a big deal. They lost a lot of seniors last year. Last year was going to be a really good year for the Braves. Um, they got guys like Charlie Janeiro who's going to Jacksonville. Ridge DeMullen, who shoots it over 90 with both hands. Uh, Brendan West is coming back from an ACL injury, has uh, eight goals in his first two games back. You know, they got guys that can really score and guys that can defend all over the field. It's just, can Indian Hill get over that hump? And first, we need to see if they can get over the biggest hump, which brings us to our number one team. Okay, the number one team
0: in Division Two for Southwest Ohio. I don't think we'll have any surprises here. Marymont High School. Jamie, let's dive into why Marymont is number one on everyone's
1: list. Look. Indian Hill may be up on the hill, but Marymont's been the king of the hill in Division Two for a long time. They've been to Columbus, I don't know how many years in a row in this area. Most of the time they've beaten Indian Hill. Um, they always have good talent all over the field. They got one of the best coaches in the state of Ohio, Coach Peterson. Uh, you got guys like Seth Green at face off, Max Teppy at MIDI. You got Gall on offense there. Um, you know, Marymont is always going to be good. Their defensive pressure is more than a lot of teams can handle. And until someone knocks Marymont off, they're, they're going to be that number one team in Division II in this area, without a doubt. They've had a tough loss against Sycamore this year, who Sycamore remains undefeated. And that's, that's just what it is. Marymont, until someone beats him, will always remain number one.
0: Awesome. So transitioning to Division One, at 10, Lakota East. Nine, Loveland. At eight, we've got Lakota West and at seven, Centerville. Let's hear your thoughts, Jamie.
1: So Lakota East. Lakota East is coached by my good friend Steve Burkhart. I know a lot of kids in that team. I live in Liberty Township, so I know a lot of those kids. They are led by a really good senior group. Justin Katona at pole is a beast. Will Atkins at MIDI is hard to stop. You got Braxton Rich that plays attack and midi. Big strong kid. He's got a heck of a shot. But Lakota East is also very young, you know. Their goalie uh, Ryan Hamburg is probably one of the better or the best goalie in this area in his class. He's a sophomore. Um, their faceoff guy uh, Colt Simpkins uh, is maybe two pushing Thomas Garvin at Mason for the best faceoff guy in the GMC. Guys like Mortal. Uh, EJ Upton, Harrison Clued on defense. They got some freshmen that play D Midi for them in uh Jackson Katona. So it's they're just they're young. They're young right now. As those guys get better uh throughout the season, Lakota East could really make a push. Number nine at Loveland, you know, Loveland just came off a win at Lakota East. They got a really good coach and Coach Wriggle. They are very, very solid on defense. They got some big, strong D poles. Um, that kind of anchor their defense down there, um, and really help get them through games. They also got some weapons on offense from the wings that those guys can put a uh, you know put it in and fill up the scoreboard. Lakota West, Lakota West is a team I feel like this year could easily be in that top five once they put it all together. You know, guys like Colin Willets, who was an All GMC player as a freshman. J.D. Hale's got an absolute rip from the wing. Ryden Pittman and MIDI, who coming down the alley, has got a heck of a shot with both hands. They got this monster athlete. Uh, he's a sophomore, Malik. Uh, gets up and down the field, big 6'3", extremely fast. He's hard to handle in midfield. Then a pole, they got JT Walshing and, and Kaiser, which are absolute monsters. So if Wes can put it together, you know, come playoff time, uh, they just beat Lakota East in overtime, they're going to be really good. They're going to be really good, but they just got to put it all together at one time, uh, get a, probably a little stronger at off, a little stronger goalie, and they'll be all right. And then Centerville, that's number 17. You want to talk about a loaded defense? Tismo and Mercer. One's going to UMass Lowell, the other one's going to Ohio State. I don't know how much better you get at defense um, in high school than that. They got some good offensive weapons. You know, they have a junior, uh, Colin Bruner. Uh, who's an absolute stud at attack, is, as well as Mason Mylinger is going to Belmont Abbey. So, um, Centerville, again, they've had a couple tough losses here. But like Lakota West, they put it together, they're going to be hard to handle. Okay, closing in on the top two teams. At six,
0: we have Milford, five, Mason, four, Sycamore, and three, St. X. What are your thoughts on six through three, Jamie?
1: So, Milford, we we got a little taste of Milford and scrimmages this year, and we played them. They're extremely fast. They play extremely hard. Their stick skills have been very good. Um, they're they're a good mixture of of young and young guys that can really play. You know, you got Carson Renoni at MIDI, who's a really good player, shifty, a uh, little bit of a little bit of a box feel to him, but he can paint any corner from anywhere with any hand. You got Guyer down there at attack, that is a hell of a player. Um, can, again, beat you with either hand. Some young guys they have cop as a sophomore. This kid can absolutely play. When we played him in our scrimmage, I was surprised on how much better he's got since last time I saw him. He's a really good player. He also got a Hannah sighting at Milford. Jack Hannah's little brother come back. He's playing pole. Look, if you grow up guarding Jack Hannah every day, you're going to be really, really good. And he is really, really good. They even got this fantastic freshman, uh Barker who's starting some varsity for Milford right now. He's going to be a great player. New coach, uh, Coach Peck, is doing a great job over there. He's got those guys rolling. And their goalie, uh, I think his last name's Foster, plays for True's uh, state team. He is a beast. That kid is very, very good, doesn't have really any bad habits. um, And he really plugs up the goal and makes it difficult for you to put it in the back of the net. Next, Mason. Mason is interesting. They have one of the best faceoff guys in the state, maybe one of the best middies in the state. And Brett Wexelblack, the faceoff guy, is uh, Thomas Garvin, um, who's an absolute stud at the X. Had a really good matchup with Upper Arlington over the weekend. Uh, did well there. Uh, Brett's brother Craig, who plays LSM and D, um, he is just—he is not a guy that that you want to guard. You. He's on your hands all the time. He's feisty. He's got good size. He's quick. And he'll get after you. Uh, Mahoney's another big deep hole they have at Mason. He's a hockey kid, so he's extremely good with a stick, extremely physical, um, and he he's a hell of a player. And then their goalie Elfers again had, doesn't have any varsity experience, but again, as the season progresses, Elfers is going to be really really good. Number four, Sycamore. Sycamore, as we speak right now, is undefeated. They beat Marymont. They just beat Mason. Uh, Ruben Straffenbarger is a stud. He's obviously, anyone that knows Ruben knows he's not a big guy, but what he doesn't have in size, he makes up for in speed and toughness and skill. He's hard to handle any place on the field. He's hard to deal with. Uh, LSM, Alec Blessing is just also a stud. You know, he plays, uh, he's on their man-up team, and that tells you how good he is being on a man-up team with a long pole. You don't see that a lot. Wire is a hell of a dodger from the top as well. They got a big deep hole in Colin Farrell. Um I know that guy personally. He's very gritty, very good. Uh great feet for his size. And their goalie right now Holt is absolutely balling right now. You know, he's his save percentage has got to be way up there. You know, and he he's really pushing them through this streak that they're on, that they're on to keep them undefeated. You know, playing Marymount Mason and teams like that you know, Lakota West, I mean, those guys got some shooters, and you're holding them down to some pretty good numbers. That's pretty good. And then number three, St. X. Look, could St. X be one? Sure. Brasansky, Blenman, Langworthy, Lang and Durfer. It hurts that Dittis is out for the year, their face-off guy, but they got two other guys that are really, really good at the X. They got Max Bonner, who just is – he's a man. He's a grown man, plays all over the field, does faceoffs. LSM, pull. He's really good. Um, then there's also the Coach Prong factor, which he always has his teams ready to play no matter where they're at. So that's where we are through six through three. Now the one and two here, I think I'm going to get killed for a little bit of this because I know some of these guys. So go ahead, Cal.
0: Okay. Springboro at two. Let's hear it, Jamie.
1: Springboro is very, very good. Coach Schroeder has got them rolling. Those guys play a lot together. They have the box up there. They play box a lot. Zach Hogan and Buddlemeyer, you know, furry on defense, Brown on defense. I think Brown's doing some face offs. They play extremely fast. They play extremely physical and they play very, very well together. These guys have all that's the thing about Springboro. These guys always have played together, they come up playing together. So, and I know Springboro and a lot of the the Midwest rankings and stuff like that, people have them, you know, higher than our other team at number one. And that's okay. So, my friend at Springboro, please don't kill me for it. Mr. Hogan, I know you're listening. You especially. But, again, those top three can all be interchangeable. Well, maybe not. Springboro beat St. X pretty bad. So, probably the top two are interchangeable. But that's where I'm at on Springboro. And you'll understand here in a minute where you hear the number one. All
0: right, here we go. The number one team in Southwest Ohio, the Molar Crusaders.
1: The so Molar. They have an extremely good group of seniors, just like Springboro. Defense is very good, just like Springboro. But here's the reason, the top three reasons I put Molar over Springboro. Number one is depth. Moeller can go three to four lines deep and not really miss a beat sometimes. They're very deep. They're very skilled. They have shooters everywhere. Um, defense has got a ton of size, a ton of athleticism. I think their defense goes like six three, six four, six five across. And they're not just tall. They're also big, strong guys. Number two is, Cal, you tell me, what is the top two positions most important positions in the cross? In my opinion, D mid and goalie. Okay. Cal's a defensive coach. To me, face off and goalie. Yes, but D- I love my D mids. Face off is my number two reason. They have a one two tandem of Ivan Drago. Yes, his middle name is Drago. He looks like Drago. I just watched a video of that guy squatting 600 pounds. So they have him. And then the speed guy Alec Weeder. These two both have varsity experience. They're both very good, and that's that's the biggest. That's the second biggest reason why I put them above Springboro is their depth at faceoff and how they can throw speed at you or they can throw power at you. Either one, they're both really good. Number one reason, and I've talked to a lot of coaches about this. Moeller has one thing that none of our top five. Division two or top five Division one teams have. And that's a goalie that started as a sophomore who's now a senior. That is a huge deal. Ian Ellis is not just the starter for Moeller. He started as a sophomore. They lost the year last year and now he's back as a senior. He played an entire sophomore season with a really good Moeller team in front of him. And Ian Ellis is an absolute dog. He can absolute play. He can put the ball on the dime. He can stop it anywhere in the cage. There's a reason that he's going to a place like Lenore Ryan next year, one of the top Division II colleges in the country. Those three reasons, depth, faceoff, goalie, when it comes down to tight games, those are the things, those are the things that put you over the top. Now, can Springboro beat Moeller? Sure. Can Moeller beat Springboro? Absolutely. When they play soon in a few weeks, we're going to figure that out. But that is why I have to put Moeller at my number one team depth, faceoff, goalie. And right now we're being joined by the head coach of that number one team, head coach of the Moeller Crusaders, Sean McGinnis. Hey, Coach McGinnis, thanks for coming on the show ranked top team in Cincinnati on our first tilt radio podcast. Uh first off, man, I want to congratulate you on being a new grandpa, man. I didn't know you were that old.
2: <laughs> well, I as of today, not yet. So we're still waiting on on uh the little man, but uh it's any day now. So we're we're just uh you know, waiting for uh a healthy baby boy and a healthy daughter and so it's exciting.
1: That's awesome, man. That's good stuff. Good stuff. So you have our top five. Uh, You know, your squad got the number one spot. Then Burrow, Sanex, Mason, uh, then followed by Sycamore. What are kind of your thoughts on that? You know, I know you're not super into rankings and we got to be a little bit politically correct. Right. So what are kind of your thoughts on those teams moving forward? And, uh, you know, where do you kind of see it maybe shaking out here for the rest of the year?
2: Yeah, I think uh, yeah, Springboro's is, is a very uh, tough team this year. They they've got a lot of offensive threats, uh, and defensively, I, I feel that um, you know they're they're right on on you know pace of where they've been in the last couple of years with uh, good athletes, good physical uh, defense, and and high pressure. Um, you know, so they're going to be a, a team that. Our, myself and our, our program and many others just, you know, need to continually working hard against and, and practice up for, um, you know, with, with uh, their two lefties, uh, Hogan and uh, Bettelmeier, uh, you know, th- those are guys that you really got to pay attention to and you really got to play sound defense against. And again, and coach Roeder coaches them up really well. They're co- well coached squad. So I think they're definitely the team to, to, to beat down here in Cincinnati, um, region four, uh, you know, stay X too. Uh, you know, they got a great young mix of, uh, of veterans and, and, uh, juniors that are playing. Uh, I think a couple of sophomores too might be pulled up and playing now. Um, but you know, you, you got to key in on Luke Bransky. Uh, you got to key in on miles and a few other offensive threats for them. Um, you know, I think uh, for us, when we go against them, it's definitely going to be a face-off game for us. Uh, and our face-off guys are going to have to you know, really bring their best against them. And I really think our offense um, this year, especially with our depth, uh, can play a little bit more transition. So our depth maybe, you know, could be, you know, uh, something that shines through in that game that could, that could be an extra weapon for us. But you know, we played Mason and uh again another well coached team and you know their young young talent is uh young talent's very good. Uh you know, Wexel Blatt is their their middie. He scored a, a handful of goals in us. Um uh, so he he's a he's a big threat, you know, coming downhill, Dodger, um kind of offensive midi, and that's hard to hard to defend. Um so and and I think you know they uh They've got, an, again, another great mix of senior juniors, a couple younger guys. They played, you know, really tough against us in box this year at the, in the in a winter box league. And I think they beat us. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think that those guys are just uh, a blue collar, scrappy kind of team that, you know, is just going to, um, you know, really get after it and uh, put a lot of pressure on you as a defense and, and really, uh, really get out offensively with a couple of their, their big threats.
1: Yeah, I think you're spot on there. I think, you know, when we did these rankings, uh, myself and Coach Cal, you know, what it came down to when it came to you and Springboro, like you mentioned, the face-off thing there is is really face-off. You know, Mueller, Mueller has a really good uh, one-two punch of face-off guys. Uh, depth. And then the biggest thing, too, is I think, you know, we were talking, I was talking to a few other coaches the other day, You know, how many teams around Cincinnati have a goalie uh, that has actually played and started varsity uh, since since we didn't have a season last year? And I think you're either one of them or maybe one of the only ones that has that. You know, Ellis is a beast. He's going to Lenore Ryan next year, and he'll keep you in some games by himself. That's really what's came down to number one. I know some of my Springboro folks are probably going to kill me for that, and that's okay, but... um. You know they they're I, I love that Springboro squad. You know they're scrappy. They have the box up there. They play a lot, like you mentioned. Hoagie and uh, Buttlemyer are both real dangerous as well as their speed on defense. So I think it's going to be seeing what it comes down to with those top four or five. Um, I think this year it makes Division One in this area a lot a lot of fun when it comes down to the end? Cause I mean, really it comes like, you know, it comes down to who's healthy, who's playing well at that time and you know, who's, who's really ready to go. So,
2: well, I think, yeah, you know, I think too, um, you know, we've got five weeks left in, in, in to the end of the regular season. So, uh, it's it, the season's still young, but there's a, uh, there's a lot of lacrosse left. There's a lot of improvement to be had, um, by all the squads. So, You know, whatever happens now um, and for the next couple weeks really is just going to set up uh, rematches uh, and things like that in the playoffs that are going to be exciting to watch. You know, and that's historically what's happened to us is we go up against the Springboro or we go up against the mainly go up against St. X and then see him again in the regional finals. And that second game is is a is an all-out brawl sometimes and uh you know always always usually comes down to one one two goal game so you know i expect uh you know mason to be really good here down the stretch um i think sycamore is has a balance of playing in their conference and then i think they're out of conference schedules what's so going to help them a lot in playoffs and then again i think you know with us and springboro the competition you know we it, I think it's nice that we see each other late in the year, uh, because there, there will be um there won't be a lot of turnaround time to to maybe fix a few things or add a few things. You know, you've got we're at the end of April and we could potentially see each other again in you know in three weeks, two and a half weeks time. And again, I think they're con- they don't play in a conference, I believe, but you know, now that they're in the Midwest Scholastic Lacrosse Coach Association and getting to play. And in some bigger games like that, will certainly prepare them for the playoffs.
1: No, right. For sure. I mean, the competition in that league is big. You know, they've played some great competition already in Springboro. You know, they got the one loss to Louisville St. X, who looks to be an absolute powerhouse this year. And you guys actually do play a lot of the same teams, I think. So it's going to be. That that is a game I definitely, if we do not have a game, I have circle to attend, you know, right. if we're allowed to get in there for sure, that'd be a good one. So, so moving forward here, how, how do you feel about your team moving forward and what do we need to work on? What are we doing really well in this early season and, and how are we looking here? Um, like we said, over the next five weeks, how's Moeller looking? Uh,
2: you know, we started off really well. I know that everyone's very excited to, uh, to be playing as well as we we have been in the first 5 games um you know we've been tested a little bit um when it comes to you know certain aspects of our game so we've got to clean up um you know little IQ things when it comes to offense um some team concept uh, issues with riding and clearing but you know overall uh you know we just have this great leadership uh with our four captains and uh, TJ Rotello and, Brendan Gary, Griffin Clark, Lane Miller, our defensive captain, Michael Antaki, just does a great job along with uh, Aiden Ross. So we've got this great leadership that, um, you know, is is I think one one thing that helps us uh, throughout games and tougher games is, uh, you know, they're really asking for the players, uh, you know, to clean up the things that they need to throughout a game and practice and things like that. Um, you know, I, I think when it comes to our offense, we still need to be a little bit more disciplined with some decision-making skills. I think we don't need to rush, uh, possessions as much as we've had, uh, uh, in these first few games. I think moving down the line here in schedule, we have to value possessions a little bit longer, um, take care of the ball a little bit better defensively. Um, you know, I think that it's, it's tough to beat a, a molar defense when you've got, you know, your three, three or four starters are also starters on the football teams. So. Yeah.
1: There's yeah. I, I mean, those guys, I mean, Mr. Coe is a monster. I've watched that guy train. He is a beast.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got what? Six, three ish, six, four Jackson Garrett. You got, you know, six foot two, six around six foot two, uh, Aiden Ross and you got Ethan Coe that can squat a Mack truck. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty impressive. So, you know, defensively they're playing well as a unit right now. I think uh, from our D MIDI perspective, um, you know, you can always get better at communication, slide recovery and clearing. Uh, So those are the things we're looking at, and you know, collectively as a team. I think it's just, we are going to handle, we're going to have to handle some adversity coming up in the next seven games and, uh, how we handle adversity will dictate how successful we're going to be in these next seven games. So, um, but again, you lean on that leadership to, to guide you during some downtimes or, you know, uh, when we are, you know, feeling a little bit of the crunch with adversity. And, uh, I think, you know, we're going to be okay.
1: You know, we missed a whole year a lot of coaches, referees, fans in this area are talking about how the play uh, is just a little sloppy this year compared to other years. What are some things that you guys are doing over at Moeller to kind of kind of play catch up a little bit so when the time comes, you're ready to roll?
2: Yeah, I think um, we are watching a little bit more film. Uh, I think we want to learn a little bit more from, from video. Um, uh, we've been trying to videotape practices and watch them, but um, you know, we start lacrosse at the end of a grading quarter, we start <laughs> you know the the more uh, intense part of our schedule during the middle of the fourth quarter academically. So you know we, we look at all that and put it in play and and kind of ask our players you know what is it that uh, you know is gonna help us get better and so, when we have have the time or watching more film of games or breaking things down huddle wise, um, you know, I think um, people understand and know that we, you know, really lean on a a culture within our program. So we're going to be doing some things culture wise in the next few weeks, as far as like culture talk Tuesdays where um, our seniors will get up and, and we have three, three kind of, Monikers or sayings this year. One is uh, we versus me. One is um, earn your shield, your M shield every day. Um, and the other one is team, teammate sell. So I think what we're going to be doing is you know, each senior and coach, and then eventually other uh, players get up and just explain what that means to them and what it means um, to be a part of that and, and just kind of build the camaraderie and culture and connectivity we need. Uh, down the stretch for this season, and um, you know, honestly, too, you know, I think we're we're really put a lot more emphasis on uh, skill development in practice versus you know the latest and greatest drills. I and mean, quite honestly, um, you know, we we kind of do some very basic stuff over here to reinforce basic IQs concepts and then really do a lot of skill development throughout practice and then just, you know, swallow the whistle and let them play six on six a lot. Right. Right.
1: So coach, I got a final question for you. Then we'll let you go and and let you get to practice. So there's a big date coming up here at the end of the year. Me and you have talked about many times, May 15th. How much does Indian Hill beat Muller by on May 15th?
2: <laughs> um, are, are we talking like <laughs> lacrosse? Or are we talking <laughs> uh, putt putt? Are we talking like lawn darts? What are we talking here? So we'll, we'll see. Um, what,
1: we'll see what we're talking about. We'll see it. Yeah, talking
2: about. I'll, I'll let some of my guys know that shots have been fired already. Oh, yeah. But uh, well, some of your I,
1: guys you know, know me well enough. They know that they know where I'm at.
2: I know that uh, it's an. It, it really is uh, fun to play Indian Hill. Going back to. Um, You know, uh, the last couple years, uh, being so close to us and players knowing each other from growing up, um, you know, it is fun to play Indian Hill. And uh, why not the last game of the regular season? So uh, we'll we'll definitely be uh, watching and watching you guys throughout the the next couple weeks and make sure we get ready for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well,
1: Coach, hey, I appreciate it. Congratulations. First ever guest on Tilt Radio um uh, fitting enjoy the family again congrats with uh, the new grandbaby coming and and we'll see you here down the road appreciate it thanks all right thanks coach we'll see you soon yeah stick around after the break we'll be joined by head coach the jacksonville dolphins coach john galloway this episode of tilt radio is sponsored by the smart program
0: The SMART program teaches individuals to leverage social media in their favor and present themselves in a way that enhances their personal brands. At the SMART program, they believe that through education, everyone can become savvier about their online presence. Follow the SMART program on Instagram
1: and Facebook for more information. Now joining us on the show, Team USA captain and goalie, goalie for the PLL Chrome Lacrosse Club, and coach of the Lacrosse Capital of the South, Jacksonville Dolphins, Coach John Galloway. Hey, Coach Galloway, welcome to the show. How are we doing today?
3: I'm doing great, Coach. I appreciate you having me.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on, and congratulations. You're actually our first guest on the new Tilt Radio podcast, so that's a big deal.
3: I am honored. I am honored. I'm going to try not to screw it up as best I can.
1: (laughs) I've I've been watching your podcast on uh, the Jacksonville side. You seem like a pro by now, so... (laughs)
3: i fake it really well
1: (laughs) hey so to get into it here just I saw you had a big win over air force this weekend six and four on the season three and oh in the socon if you can kind of sum up your season so far expectations moving forward and and how the dolphins looking uh here going into uh april
3: yeah you know obviously uh, a pretty crazy season for everybody involved you know dealing with a lot of unique challenges that that isn't unique to anybody in the country and i think that's you know, after at this point, after ten games, just the fact that we've been able to get in ten games to me is is a, a success in a lot of ways. And um, you know, feel like we we really prepared ourselves well in the Atlantic Conference. I think we're disappointed with some of those performances against you know the top twenty teams that we had a chance to play, but um, we also do know it prepared us really well for the conference. And you know, we have the opportunity to go four and zero against Richmond this weekend, and that's where we want to be and where we know we need to be going into the end of April.
1: Right, right, yeah. I watched a good chunk of the Air Force game. You know, you guys look really good getting up and down the field. Um, our Midwest guy here, Jack Dolan's having an absolute season. So, hey, so with that, you you, know, you just hit on a kind of the challenge during the COVID. What is if you could just touch base on what recruiting's been like and what's it like playing during COVID and how are things different and what have you guys kind of kind of done so far to to circumvent some of those things.
3: Yeah, you know, I think the biggest challenge is just the weekly unknown, the unknown of who you're going to have, who's going to be available, you know, if you're going to be put in a pause. You know, we had uh, one of our starting defensemen, not able to play this weekend because of contact tracing. And I think that that's just, you know, as you go into the week, you have to prepare everybody on your team to be ready to go and um, make those adjustments accordingly and, and not use them as excuses and know that everybody's going through it. Um, and so it's prepared us really well. It's prepared the rest of our, our locker room because everybody really does have to be engaged in the game plan and prepared when their name is called, you know, very similar to when you have injuries, you, you have to feel comfortable with the next man up. So that's been the unique challenge for us and, I think that as we've continued to go through the season, you just you recognize that it's not going to be perfect this year and, and just have to be really thankful that you get to play.
1: Right, right. So what are some different things you guys have been doing as far as recruiting during this little COVID COVID time?
3: Yeah, you know, a lot of the summer and fall was spent virtually recruiting, you know, watching uh, film, you know, from the summer events that were available and being able to watch a lot of highlight videos and put a lot of trust in coaches. And, you know, we've been able to build a pretty solid 2022 class, but at the same time, we haven't seen any of them live. And, um, you know, that is a really unique challenge for us. I think it's, it's uh, you know, a blessing in a lot of ways for us, uh, a school that's a little bit off the beaten path where kids get to visit us via Zoom as opposed to, having a book of flight. And, you know, you try to look at all the positives that you can create with that. But, you know, ultimately, you know, you always want to be on the sideline watching and uh, that'll be an opportunity. I think we're going to have this summer, but for now, it's all about trusting coaches and, and watching as much film as you can and knowing that you're going to be able to to do a little bit more of your homework, you know, with their coaches or their teachers or their family and, and try to make really informed decisions.
1: So with the recruiting, you know, Midwest is a little different, you know, it's not necessarily new, but compared to, the East coast it is, you know, you, you have some Midwest guys you just got on your current class with Seth Green from Marymont and Charlotte De Janeiro from Indian Hill. You have Jack Dolan from Columbus upper Arlington. Who's on the player of the year watch list right now. What is it about the Midwest guys that you guys seem to like? And that's a little different than maybe anywhere else.
3: Yeah, I think that what my feeling is and why I've had such a, a great attraction to the Midwest is, you know, you have the opportunity to recruit the top level of player at their schools. You know, when you go to the MIAA, I think you're, you know, uh, those top kids are going to go to the ACC or to the Ivy League, and you can go into the the Midwest, and there's some really talented players that. Uh, bear the burden uh, of being the best player on their team. And I think that, you know, you want those guys who have that responsibility. And, um, I, I do think that there's obviously a, a misnomer that, you know, the top programs are going to go to the hot, hotbed areas. And I think as a program that's building something and building a new tradition and standard, you can find really talented players that just are scratching the surface in terms of their potential. And I think that's what we've been able to find in the Midwest over the past few years.
1: So, do you think? I know a lot of people say with the Midwest, they see, you know, Ohio, for example, being a football state. And some say that comes with a a different kind of toughness, maybe a different kind of grit. Do you see any of that when you recruit some of these Midwest guys?
3: I do. I do. I think a lot of those programs, what you find and and I have found is a lot of hockey players. You know, Jack Dolan's a perfect example guys that have played more than one sport that have a knack for understanding a different level of the game and, um, you know, stick work, all that, all those things, they, they come with time. I I do think that when guys are multi-sport athletes, like most of our Midwest guys are, you know, the guys you mentioned on our team, all three of those guys are, are pretty high level football and hockey players. And I think that that's where we find a a huge, um, I I guess just a bonus when you're recruiting people from those areas that do have really high level other sports.
1: Right. So you know a little bit about that, that Twitter watch list. How is uh, Mr. Dolan handling being on that list so far this year?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, really the the unique thing about Jack is his ability to have changed positions. You know, we've moved Jack down to uh, the attack because we needed a little bit of leadership on that end. And and we needed somebody who um, could calm the storm, you know, when things were a little bit crazy. And uh, he has, Jack has come through our program. He started as a DMITI. He transitioned to a midfielder um, and now he's down to the attack. And I think he understands the game at a really high level. And uh, we lean on him as coaches to kind of be the quarterback out there. So I think that the rest of the country recognized what he's been doing and he's going to be able to continue to build on that with a few games left.
1: You know, I think that's a great breakdown. What you just said there is, you know, a guy comes in as a D middy and kind of works his way up. I think that's kind of missed a little bit in really high school and college ball. You know, you come onto a varsity team or a college team, you know, sometimes thinking, you know, you're gonna put in fifty goals in a season at the midfield or attack. Well, sometimes you gotta go through D mid to get to those spots. So I'm glad you said that. That's that's a really good point. Um, mm-hmm. and a transition to see, you know, if you just wait your time, like good things will come. So it's like we tell our guys here, the hard things come before the good things come. So
3: yeah, no, it's it's true. And, you know, again, we, st- we stole that model a little bit from the guys at Duke. And a lot of those, you know, the Dave Lawsons and Jake, Jake Trapukas of the world that played defense early on in their career and then transition to offense, well, now all of a sudden they're this really complete midfielder. And I think that that's the type of uh, player that we have in Jack because of the experiences he's had. Right, that's great.
1: Hey, so switching gears here a little bit, we just had the PLL draft here recently. How are you feeling about the Chrome going to the third season here, of the PLL, and – how do you uh? How does a D one college coach train to get ready to play during <laughs> season?
3: Uh it's kind of funny. I actually just came off the field from getting shots. You know, we practiced at six AM this morning, and then you know you have to find windows to do that, and um, certainly difficult to do later on in my career. You know, now that I'm kind of on the back nine, but um, obviously a blessing to still be able to play, to be a part of a really unique uh, team in the Chrome, and obviously even more unique league in the PLL. And you know, just to, as a lacrosse fan, as a kid that's grown up um around the game i think it's really unique of what the pl is doing right now and and the hope is 10 years from now when i'm long gone that this becomes a a true opportunity for guys to pursue a professional career and um my hope is that we can just play a small part of that
1: back nine coach 32
3: i am i am and it feels like I'm going on 40 <laughs> oh
1: goodness <laughs> the back nine so how are you feeling with the guys added from the draft and how are you feeling about the chrome this year about where you guys are sitting
3: really excited you know, I I think in the draft specifically, we address a lot of needs. I mean, we really, again, as I mentioned, you know, I'm on, I'm on that last leg and and to add a goalie like Sean Scannone, who I think is, is that one of the next, you know, top level goaltenders in in the professional league. And uh, as well as obviously, anytime you add, you know, depth at the midfield with a guy like Colin Heacock, and, and then, you know, Randy stats, you know, Randy stats is a guy that has played with us in the past for the rat Rattlers in the MLL and uh, has great chemistry with a lot of our offensive players and, Fits into our culture. uh, That's a big step for us to be able to start to build on what we think we already have a strong locker room.
1: That's great. That's great. If you could, too, touch a little bit on kind of what it meant for you to not only be a captain, but also be a goalie for Team USA. You know, we hear a lot with the Olympics coming up, you know, represent your countries like the highest level to athletes. How did that feel to you and how did that hit you to not only play, but be a captain and also win with that USA across your chest?
3: Yeah, I, I tell people all the time, and I don't say it lightly. That was the greatest honor I ever had, um, and, and the reason why specifically is because you're voted by your peers. And when you're playing with the best in the world, and you have the opportunity to to be given that type of uh, recognition from your peers, um, that that's bigger than any other individual accomplishment I've ever had. And and obviously, the fact that we won it and in the way that we did win it was really special, but, you know, more importantly, uh, to be able to be just a small part of that leadership core, uh, with Matt Danowski and to do it at that level. Uh, that's a memory that I'll have for the rest of my life and I'll be able to hopefully share with my kids. And, um, that one, that one sticks with me as maybe the greatest accomplishment I've ever had individually.
1: Yeah, that's great. I, I mean, I say to this day, you know, my, my oldest son's 21, my youngest son's 13 and we talk a lot of lacrosse. And I mean, to this day, that finals game with the USA and Canada is probably one of the best lacrosse games I've probably ever seen. (laughs) I mean, just the level of play, the physicality, um, how the game was won. Like you said, it was just, it's, it's one of those games where if you watched it and you weren't necessarily a lacrosse fan or player, there's no way you could have stopped watching that game and said, you know, I don't have any interest in this anymore. So, I mean, it was just, it was an amazing game. So.
3: Yeah, I'm with you there. I agree.
1: So, Coach, you've answered all our questions. This is our 30 seconds in the box segment. You got 30 seconds. Promote whatever you want. Talk about whatever you want. It's the, the microphone's all yours, as they say.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that. Obviously, the focus right now for us is building our culture and, and our program down here. And a big piece of that is is getting the word out. I think a lot of people don't know about Jacksonville University and our lacrosse program. And our job is to make sure that everybody from California to the Midwest to South Florida know about uh, the only Division I program in the state and, and what we're trying to build here and the type of people we're trying to bring into our locker room. So uh, as I always hope I can do, I just love to you know add a pitch for what we think culturally is, is you know, developing down here in Florida and, and hope to continue to bring really high character people in, into the fold to, to help us achieve our standards.
1: That's how you do it. Coach Galloway, I appreciate your time. Good luck moving forward. Good luck this season, the PLL. Um, we appreciate you coming on the show and look forward to talking to you again.
3: Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, keep an eye out of Charlie for us.
1: Yeah, we'll do. We'll keep an eye on him. Appreciate it, Coach. Kyle, wow, that was an awesome interview with Coach Galloway. Really happy that he came on with us. I'm just lucky to have his insight on everything that's the cross in his world, be it college, pro, Team USA. Again, thank all of you for listening. You know, we're doing this for the fans. We're doing this for the players. And with that, we really want to interact with you guys. So please send us any messages, questions, comments, burns. We'll take all of it. So please, if you have anything, please send us a direct message on our Instagram or Twitter pages. Again, everyone, thank you. Check the till.